We live in an era where meeting expectations is held up as an achievement. When you are the unicorn that prioritizes exceeding expectations on a continual basis, your current clients will become your staunchest advocate and convincing prospects you'll be on their side as well. Whether you're here as a colleague in consultation, exploring advising as a vocation, or considering a partnership and employee benefits with my team, I hope you find value in these thoughts. Apply this truth to both your personal and professional relationships. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet, you're on their side, working with them and not against them. In other words, put the needs of others before your own and surround yourself with folks that do the same. I'm Shane Wingo, and you're listening to the Working With Them podcast. Hi, and thanks again for joining me on the Working With Them podcast. And again, what we're doing here in season one is we're going through my new book, Working With Them, and just basically creating an audio version of that book for everybody. So if you haven't yet, I'd encourage you, like I do at the top of every episode, to go back to episode one. Check that episode out because there's an intro that really goes through how the book and why the book is here. Uh, and then there's a quick couple sentence summary on each chapter to kind of lay the groundwork for what's ahead. Now, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be going through probably my favorite chapter in the book because it's all about working with them during your partnership. We've gone through some hurdles in the first four chapters and smack dab here at the middle section of the book, we're creating that partnership. And, and that should tell you that this, this is an important stage, but we're only halfway through this book. There's a lot more that we have left to talk about in terms of partnerships, even though this is the creation stage of that partnership. Um, but now remember, this book is not only a book uh, about sales, about creating partnerships in a, uh, in a corporate setting. It's also truly a book about building partnerships and creating relationships, even on your personal level. So if you're not in this vocation, if this is not what you do for a living, uh, take heart. I think there are things throughout this book uh, that will help you in your everyday life, uh, in your relationships. Uh, so as we go through this podcast today, think about how you are partnering with those around you. Better yet, how would your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, how would they characterize the partnership you are bringing to the table? Are you active and are you present as a partner or are they carrying the majority of the weight in that relationship? So some of these intros to get into the book are probably a little bit heavier than they need to be. So with that, let's get into working with them during your partnership. As with any relationship, maintaining your client partnerships can be demanding work. You spent weeks, months, maybe even years pursuing this client, and now there are several other yous out there trying to woo your customer away. You will always have competition for your partnerships, so you must continually be proving your worth, playing offense and defense simultaneously. Remember, gaining their acceptance is the beginning of the process, not the end. The wonderful news at this stage, you have a team supporting your client in addition to your own efforts. If you continually place what is most profitable for your client above what is most profitable for your bank account, they will clearly see you're working with them and not against them. Sounds simple enough, 
but you're going to find it very tempting to lean towards increased revenue to the detriment of your client at different times during your career. It's a fact today's gratification creates blurry vision. Over time, it will become clear the information in this section will not only be key to retaining your current clients, but will also allow you to lean on them as references to establish new relationships. So keep a long view and don't let what is bright and shiny today lure you astray. Never stop consulting. Clients' needs will evolve over time based on a number of factors. To advise them properly, you must stay current with the changes in your industry and you must stay connected with your client. If you place all the responsibility for a relationship building with your team members, you've lost the plot. It is squarely your responsibility to both create and cultivate client relationships. If your client leaves and your team has to brief you on the reason for their exit, you are the reason for their exit. I'm not suggesting you overrun your day with responsibilities that your team is there to accomplish. I am saying you must continue to play a pivotal role in the partnership. Be present. Continually bring value to your client. Now, some clients are easy, and there's one clearly defined decision maker as your contact. For more complex solutions, you may have multiple decision makers involved in the process. Understanding what what each decision maker values and providing them with what they need throughout the partnership is crucial. For my larger clients, I often work closely with a CEO, CFO, and HR director. Each of these decision makers approaches the same need from a very unique perspective. To ensure you have proper buy-in from each member, you must view the need through each of their eyes and present your solution in a way that speaks to what each member values. Using my industry as an example, when approaching an employee benefits renewal, including each of these decision makers, first, the CEO will prioritize the timing involved, ensuring employees have all the tools and communication needed while staying under budget. High-level view, knowing we have the buy-in of both the CFO and the HR director. The CFO will prioritize the budget and timing of of solidifying the figures as many benefit plans will renew in coordination with their organization's fiscal year. The HR director will prioritize employee satisfaction in the plan designs and the support we will provide both the HR team and the employees. Knowing the priorities of each decision maker, our team's presentations need to speak specifically to all of these items to ensure each member knows their concerns are valued and each is comfortable moving forward. And remember, everyone receives information differently. Once you've built a rapport with your decision makers and know a bit more about their personalities, cater your messaging to their sensibilities. Throughout your partnership, problems will arise. In almost every case, how you respond to these problems is exponentially more important than the issue at hand. Be the first to address the situation. Do not allow minor circumstances to grow into situations that will create a wedge. To do this effectively, you must maintain a closeness with your client, and you must be an active member of your service team. 
You cannot be proactive if you're the fourth person to be aware of an issue your client is experiencing. Finally, find time-effective ways to communicate with your client. One message for the masses, even if you deliver that message individually. As your client list begins to grow, it will become increasingly difficult to fit everything into the day. Finding ways to standardize your communication when possible will place time back in your day for prospecting. One of my approaches, and you can always do whatever works best for you, but for me, I have a library of employee-facing videos to make life easier for my HR directors. I will update and add to these videos as needed. About once a quarter, I'm able to send this group of videos to my clients as a touch point with new content and giving them suggestions to send a specific piece to their employees based on what's needed at that time. Find what works for you in your industry. Continued connection is key to your client understanding you are still on their side. Wisely managing your time to allow for client contact and continued prospecting is paramount. Okay, we've reached this episode's story time. I am 100% commission-based, no salary. I'm also in an industry where costs increase on an annual basis, which is largely beyond my control. With that said, this annual increase in cost to my clients will often lead to an increase in my take-home for our family. Industry perk, right? Built-in raises simply by maintaining my client base. There's no insider baseball going on. My clients are well aware our firm is paid a percentage of premium in most cases. After entering the industry in 2018, I had everything to learn. Most of the clients I began partnering with during 2018 and 2019 were enrolled in fully insured medical plans. Stated bluntly, this method of funding leaves a lot to be desired from a long-term planning standpoint. Basically, you do not have sufficient information to even plan for the upcoming year in some cases. As I progressed in my knowledge of the industry, I began moving as many clients as possible into plan types that provided transparency in medical claims data and employee utilization. This allows our team to truly consult with our clients and provides the leverage needed to aggressively negotiate with medical carriers. The results were phenomenal. In 2022, 41% of my clients would pay less in medical premiums than they did in 21. Another 28% saw renewals under the cost of living increase, effectively keeping them flat or saving them money from the previous planned year. So in an industry where the status quo yields a quick raise in take-home pay of about 8%, 69% of my clients would be paying me less for our services in the upcoming plan year. Dim-witted? Some, some say yes. But as I mentioned earlier, my focus remains on what is most profitable for my client, not my wallet. My team and I had preached the good news of these plan changes, and now the results were quantifiable. My clients were absolutely certain I was on their side working with them and not against them. While I was foregoing my built-in raise for 22 with these clients, I was gaining the trust of valued clients securing our partnership when difficulties would arise in the future. Do the right thing simply because it's the right thing. And when your altruistic 
work yields positive results, leverage that success. When presenting the first savings at a medical plan renewal most had ever experienced, each of these clients were happy to assist with the referrals I requested. I created a LinkedIn video documenting these uh, successes and sent each client an email, including that video, asking to be introduced to specific people in specific organizations. I also created a multi-step prospecting campaign centered around these results. Remember from a previous chapter, that seven plus one process, one step in the campaign was delivering a $4.10 Dunkin' gift card with a note saying, 41% of my employee benefit clients will pay less for their benefits in 22 versus 21. Enjoy your favorite beverage while you watch this video and learn more. QR code included, of course. Through the referrals requested and this expansive campaign, I nearly tripled my annual quota in just the first five months of the year. These new clients dwarfed that status quo pay increase that had been passively available to me. Not only that, but all of this was a major factor in me making partner at my firm an entire year ahead of my personal goal and then nearly half the time of my firm's expectations. We live in an era where meeting expectations is held up as an achievement. When you are the unicorn that prioritizes exceeding expectations on a continual basis, your current clients will become your staunchest advocate in convincing prospects you'll be on their side as well. So we'll close out this chapter like we do each chapter by reiterating the principle. And today we'll say, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that during your partnership, you remain on their side working with them and not against them. Hope you found value in these thoughts. Now, there's going to be 10 or 12 episodes here in season one as we build this audiobook version of working with them. In season two, that's when we'll have the guests start to join us. So subscribe to the podcast and you'll be notified every time a new episode drops where we review another chapter. Now, the book itself it's live on Amazon, kind of. It's live on Amazon for a pre-order. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to get you right there to all the places where you can find this podcast, but also where you can pre-order that book. It's going to ship on February 14th, so get your pre-orders in now so you can be one of the first to receive and read it. Of course, if you have any questions for me at all, whether they be about employee benefits, which I do daily, or whether it be about the thoughts that we talk about here on the podcast and are expressed in the book, reach out to me. There's going to be another link in the show notes that says Doc Cards. It has all of my direct contact information. It has my cell number, my email address, all my social media spots. So get in touch with me and let's connect if you have any questions. With that... Thanks again for joining me and do all you can today to make it clear you're working with those around you.